The guys behind the From Corner to Corner podcast are diving deep into Montgomery County High School sports with the Community Trust Bank Coaches Corner. Join us as we talk local high school athletics with your local coaches. Whether you're a student athlete or a screaming fan, this is the place to turn to get the inside scoop before the next big game. And now, it's time for the show with Sean Kuyper, Neil Payne, Adam Muncy, and Wes Crouch. And we are live from the CRC studios. <laughs> we haven't road. changed names, but we're on the road, right? So we we are the the Kelwell Commissary Simply Secure Road Show tonight, right? Yeah, we're uh, in Lexington. Yeah, we're in Lexington here, and uh, we are the. This is our Coach's Corner, presented by Community Trust Bank. Your friend in banking, equal housing lender, member yeah. FDIC. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us live on Facebook and YouTube. Before we get started. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors for making all this happen. We've got Community Trust Bank, Chemsoft, 2-2 Sweet Treats, CR Center, uh, CRC Renovations, where we're at tonight, Kentucky Realty Group, Jacobs Auto Body, like we mentioned, Kelwell Commissary and Simply Secure, and then Brent Weehunt's Kentucky Farm Bureau and Frenchburg, our sponsor of our Athlete of the Month in Menifee County. While you're watching, go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe, and be sure to share this out to all your friends. Tonight joining us is former University of Kentucky and NBA player Daniel Orton. Yes, the Daniel Orton. He's right there. 2010 <laughs> first-round draft pick by Orlando Magic. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I appreciate y'all having us. Listen, thank it's you. not every day right. that we get a first-round draft pick in studio with us. Understood. Actually, it's never happened. Right, so I'm the first. <laughs> You're the first. You are I the first. Honored. I feel honored. <laughs> so... We were talking a little bit before the show how how I how this came to be, right? So uh, Rusty, who is the owner of CRC Renovations, my boss, uh, has a son Evan who's 14, uh, plays basketball, and um, one thing that that Rusty has done from the time that Evan was playing sports is pour into him. Constantly giving him training, giving him the opportunity to get help and and stuff like that, and you know, he just randomly mentioned one day, he's like, he's like, I've got Evan, you know, going to these daily workouts. He said, I'll be there in a little bit. I got to drop him off. And then he's like, he's shooting a thousand shots a day and this and that. And I was like, good Lord. And he said, well, I mean, you know, who's training him, right? And I was like, no, why would I know? And he goes, Daniel Orton. And I was like, oh, okay. Like what? The Daniel Orton? And he goes, yeah, the Daniel Orton. I was like, wow, I didn't even know he was still in Kentucky. And then. He's like, well, you want me to see if he can come on the show? And I'm like, well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, of course. Why would we not want him on the show? Right. So, right. Yeah. So so it's exciting to have you here. Um, we want to, I mean, we'll try to keep this as, as short and simple as, as possible. Man, there's so much that we want to talk to you about. Because, you know, one, like, like, like Neil said, not every day we get an NBA player in here. Division um, one athlete NBA player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It. So – I think we just go at ground roots, right? I, I saw that you you played in Oklahoma, for, or or you were born and raised in Oklahoma, right? Correct. And then and then recruited, right? So I'm curious, 
how does this recruitment process work? I mean, was Cal the guy all uh, along? How many guys were looking at no, you? I actually remember whenever I was first I first committed, I committed to Billy, Billy Gillespie. Okay. And so when Cal got the job, he flew out either the same day or the next day and said, you know, everybody said that the, you know, they wanted to make sure that, that you were coming and still and still wanting to go to Kentucky. He said that I made sure to, to make this a priority. I said I committed to the school. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm nice. definitely ready to stay. Nice. So, so yeah, no, it, it was it was stressful at first whenever uh, Coach Gillespie got fired because, you know, you finally make your decision. It's like the – it is the first major decision you're making in your life, and it's really stressful, and it got to a point to where, you know, some coaches, you, you have to tell them, hey, I'm, not in, I'm no longer interested. And there was one coach, I'm not going to name any names, he was like, are you kidding me? He cussed me out and everything. We, I spent so much time, yada, 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 and I'm – I ate them. Sorry. Sorry, Coach. Like, I don't know what you want. This isn't going to help your case, honestly. I don't know why you're doing <laughs> right. this, but, I mean. Sorry. Yeah, this makes me want to come play for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like uh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what, you, I don't know what to tell you. But, I mean, it was it was stressful to, to think, oh, man, I have to go through this process again. So, when Cal flew out to, to come visit me and, you know, just kind of ran through his whole speech, I was like, it was a kind of a uh, huge relief to, to know that I, I still had a home in Kentucky. Right. That's where I really wanted to be. That's where I had set my goals at. And so this is where I wanted to be. It was phenomenal just to, to have that experience. So early on in your process, you pinpointed Kentucky as a place that you wanted to be. Most definitely. So it, it was on my official visit. Okay. Official visit that I committed. And then it was the first, like the one of my unofficial visits, it, it, of course, with things in Kentucky, Word got out that I was coming from an unofficial visit. Um, landed, I remember I came from a, like one of the top Nike camps. I landed in Lexington and got to the hotel, I'll let, never forget, at 11.53. And as soon as I walked through the front doors, I hear this huge roar. Like, what is going on? And they just start, everybody starts chanting my name. Yeah. I said, oh, these people are absolutely insane. <laughs> but I love every bit of it. And then when you start to really um, take everything into consideration – you start to find out Kentucky fans, they expect you to win absolutely every game. I yes. said, that's the school I want to go to because right. I expect to win every single game. Right. And if I'm one of the top players, I want to play at the nation's number one school. In right. my mind, that was Kentucky. And then we, it comes to a point where we bring in all the top talent, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, John Hood. We have this amazing draft class come in. And you think, oh, yeah, let's, let's get to work. Let's get going. Because I've seen a lot of these guys at camps. I even played – me and John have played together at a few camps to where um, some things that showed in our season. There was a game in Indiana. I caught a rebound through an outlet pass. John takes one dribble, boom, boom, goes up for a dunk. We had been doing that for the longest time, honestly. Yeah. Like, we had that, that – all that was synchronized. It, it was in play. The chemistry was there. We knew what we were going to get with each other from the longest time. Because I, I had – I didn't see Eric that much and only saw John on a, a few occasions at camps and at – like a handful of tournaments. Right. Never seen Eric before. But me and DeMarcus, because we were two of the top three centers in the country, we we battled all the time. So I knew once we had him coming, I said, this is going to be incredible. Right. I always wanted to play with another seven-footer. Me and DeMarcus didn't get many minutes together, but like that was always my goal. I said, if I can play with him, this would be phenomenal. In the summer leading up to my freshman year, me and Patrick Patterson were working out the whole summer. So I said, if this dude works this hard and I match his intensity, this is going to be scary what comes of this. Yeah. So it was a whole lot of fun just going into that process, seeing everything, watching everything play out, and everything went by like that. It was a blink of an eye before you knew it, the season was over, and it was one of the saddest experiences of my life because it was, it was such a great time transitioning from high school and going into that 
I guess, nine-month period right. where we had so much great success, and it felt like it was a dream, honestly. It was it was a dream. It was a dream come sure. true to always, you know, be on one of the nation's top teams. Yeah. Like I, my brother played Oklahoma State, so he I got to watch him play on a Final Four team. Got to see them do the whole NCAA tournament. Got got to kind of firsthand witness all of that, and you just sit back. You're like, wow, this is incredible. Like, right. I really can't wait to get to this point in my life. Right. And then you show up as a one seed. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing better than that. <laughs> so yeah. you talked about being recruited by uh, Coach Gillespie. You know, Coach Gillespie gets fired. Coach Cal comes in. So when you were recruited, the talent that came in with you that first year, mm-hmm. that wasn't the talent that was supposed to come in. No, it was supposed to be, I think at the time it was me, John Hood, and G.J. Villarino, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then that changed, it changed pretty fast. I mean, so as a as a top recruit, that has to be super exciting for you, right? Yeah, it was. It was because I've always, like, I always wanted to battle. I always wanted to compete. But I always wanted to be on a good team. Yeah. So if we can get all the players, like, yeah, let's go. Right. Let's right. go. So, my, so, so you come to Lexington. Mm-hmm. Of course, Cal's here. The first game I remember in Lexington was against Miami, Ohio, mm-hmm. when John Wall had to hit a had to hit a buzzer beater to win. And you're like, "What the heck is this guy doing? He's got all this talent, right?" You because know, we're all armchair coaches, right? right? Because it's easier sitting behind my TV. Like, what is this guy doing? Can right. he not manage all this talent? We're better than them in every position. You know, there's a lot of gelling that goes yep. on. People don't understand that. Yep. So the season, fantastic first year. Actually, my wife and I were pregnant with our first daughter, and I had said that if Kentucky wins, I was a huge John Calipari fan. I said if Kentucky wins the national championship, I'm naming my daughter Calipari. Huh. And my wife was like, okay. And, of course, almost did it, right? Oh, that would have been awesome. It would have been. So we'll just blame that on Cal. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, we can't do that. We couldn't shoot against West Virginia. No, that zone, man. That zone. Killed I'm, actually, I blame Jody Meeks. Had Jody Meeks come back? Yeah, no, there was. I mean, I got a lot of theories about that, but also, like, because in my opinion, I always thought we were going to get Xavier Henry went to Kansas. Yeah. Me and him were like, we were friends in high school. We played together, played against each other so much. I thought we were going to get Xavier Henry. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a I lot. Forgot of Forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, I forgot he was one of those man. one of those uh, pieces that a lot of people thought he was coming here. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I thought we were going to get Zavier Henry. NIL money must have been, must have been shifted that way. I was speaking of, I wish they would have had NIL deals then. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure. I would I probably, I probably, would have definitely stayed in. Because I always thought I was going to be in college for three years. That was always my plan. Yeah. Every plans change. Things change. You know, situations are different. But I always thought I was going to be in college for three years. With NIL, I could have I could have stuck around. Yeah. And had a lot of fun. So, you were part of the best college game I've ever seen in person. I was in Nashville mm-hmm. for the SEC tournament. Oh, uh, okay. And I, the Mississippi State, the Mississippi State yep. Championship game, DeMarcus yep. Cousins with the with the t- tip in, I'm setting 10 rows up behind the bench. Oh, wow. And, like, DeMarcus, it's when he runs and gets tackled and goes right. underneath the scorer's table. Right. It was the greatest game. It was the best experience I've ever I've ever been around. It was it was that game for us was nothing but fun. Yeah. Because Cal came with one of the greatest speeches. He before the game he said, "Guys, just relax." Um, I'll never forget it. Uh, he said, "Worst case scenario, we lose this game and we give Mississippi State another SEC team a chance to get into the tournament because right now they're on the bubble." Right. He said, "Best case scenario, you guys come out SEC champions." He said, "You guys have already been regular season champions. Go out there, have fun." Leave it all on the floor. Right. I'm thinking, let's go have fun. Right. Let's go do what we do. And I, of course, like every other game, I thought we were going to blow them out by 20. Right. It didn't happen. I thought I thought the same thing in March. I said, dude, we're about to steamroll through absolutely everybody yep. to a ring. Yep. 
but March has has its funny way. Tournament of time, th- man. It has its funny way of th- making things happen. It's always those weird schools that 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 gets in Kentucky's way too. Right. Like like West Virginia, the the worst possible matchup right. draw. Right. Right. Just like the Dwayne Wade Marquette mm-hmm. team, you know, before that, like that Kentucky team, like was good enough to win the national championship, and then. Dwayne Wade literally had the game of his life yep. in college, and we couldn't we couldn't beat him. And That's it's like March Madness is so beautiful. Yeah, right. But but then you you know we we come in with the Harrison twins a couple of years later as the eight seed against Wichita, and like poor Wichita. Right. Th- that they was a ready. horrible draw for Wichita for to have to play that Kentucky and had, team. And Wichita had such a great season. That yeah, year they too. did. Yeah. yeah. So you had talked that your plan was to be three years. Yeah, in college. yeah most because de- I I I I thought. I saw the way that things were going for Patrick Patterson, yeah. and in my mind, I thought, "Yeah, that's what I want. Right. That's exactly what I want. I want to just go through this whole college process, big man on campus, the whole college lifestyle." Because my brother, like I said, he was at he got hurt, played Oklahoma State for five years. So I thought in my mind, "Okay, yeah, they, that was the dream that that everybody, the academic advisor, that they told me, hey, you're not going to be here long. Let's just kind of take you along this path that Patrick went through." I said, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." Right. So. When did that start shifting? Um, when Cal made the comment that at the end of the year, Daniel's, Daniel Lord's going to have some options. Because I didn't even think about it until okay. he said that. I said, wait, what? Okay. Understood. <laughs> now i got stuff to think about. Right. I mean, because in your mind, you know, you know, you know the season that, that, that you had had compared to, you know, Cousins and Wall. Uh, did you think you were a first-round draft pick? Um, I didn't know. You didn't know. Like, okay. in my mind, I just – let me go out here work and see what happens. Right. Let me go out here work as hard as I can and see what happens. And that's been my mindset about everything from day one. Right. Let me go out here, put in the time, put in the work, put in the effort, play as hard as I can, and see how this goes. Right. Now, now when you made that transition, um, that I know, like now, it's a little bit different, right? That now you can kind of go through the combine and maybe come back right. right you couldn't do that then right. right they've changed that since then no i think you could you just couldn't you if you couldn't hire, you the hire an agent yeah you yeah. could come back so like and you, you you hear things all the time and and i think a lot of times players get poor advice right right I, I, you'd probably agree with that right because right. you hear a lot of times that players are like gonna but you you just go, or, or I, you'll be a first round pick, and then they don't even get drafted. Right, right. That happens a lot. No, it does. You have to, you have to, as a young player, it's tough. First of all, you really don't know who to trust because uh, seventeen, eighteen, you got to make it. And I was even younger at fifteen, sixteen, because right. they're paying these kids crazy money. Um, you have to make a lot of huge decisions, and if you don't have the right people around you to help guide you along that path, um. You're gonna make mistakes, yeah. And it's tough. It's tough trying to find the people, you know, and trying to filter out who's in it for something and who's just really just trying to help. Um, but I mean, if you have, you know, mentorship or or mom and dad who know it, or you have someone close by, like that's why I don't understand why, um, you know, more of the former players don't come back around to help these guys out because I, I had the same thought process. I talked to someone about this earlier. I saw, I grew up a huge Detroit Pistons fan. Okay, and so I'll never forget. One day I walk into the, I walk into Joe Craft, and I'm I got a lift and I see Tayshawn Prince in the in, in the the weight room. I'm he like, was pretty good for Detroit. Yeah, I was like, dude, this is awesome. But I didn't go up to him and introduce. I don't know. I wasn't starstruck, but I was just like shy and didn't really know what to do. Right. Um, trying to be respectful and let him finish his workout. I should have gone up to him and be like, hey, 
feel free to say no. Can I get your number? Because I want to have, like, I have a ton of questions. I want to follow along your path. I want to become a pro. I want to be the best player I can be, and just kind of get info on what to do. Right. But I felt like there was a greater need for more of the former players to be around, and I feel like it's a beautiful thing that Tyler Ulysses is here because if you do have guidance, a lot of us former players we. We don't need anything from the from those guys, but I just want to I want to see this succeed. I want right. Kentucky to be as great as it possibly can, right. because I love what the school did for me. I love everything that the University of Kentucky has brought into my life. Because with with the UK name like that is global. Every country I've been to, there's been a Kentucky can, like Kentucky fan come to the game, yep. and I, it's blown me away. I'm like, dude, this this school is really global, and I don't think the people of Kentucky really realize. Yeah how big it is. In Japan, yeah. there was a guy who would come to, a little Japanese fan, he'd come to every game with his UK hat on, just to let me know. Right. Like, that. that's why this is this is huge. That's why and when they refer to them as blue bloods, Kentucky's the, the blue most blood. Most definitely, most, yeah. de- and people don't, they don't fully understand that or grasp yeah. that, and I didn't either. I couldn't fathom it until I saw it firsthand. Right. So I feel like, you know, as a young player, back to, back to the, the comment, as a young player, you just need guidance, proper yeah. guidance. And there's a lot of people in my life that, that came back later and I'm like, hey, listen, I wish, you know, just because certain decisions you could make better, everybody's going to fail. But, you know, just to, to have that guidance and kind of just walk walk you through the process. Because as long as you get someone to get the wheels in motion and get everything going smoothly, yeah. that ride is as easy as possible. Right. I mean, it, it's smooth. Right. It's so smooth. Have you ever have you ever looked back and thought, man, if I would have just waited one more year, I could have maybe been a little higher in the in in the draft or um, cuz I know the ru- really a lot of rumors were out there that like that the cow kind of there was forced you to, right. to No, he to didn't, he didn't force me out. The thing for me was um uh, I mean there was tons of rumors that I was going to be a potential lottery pick. I wasn't listening to any of that. I just said I just I really want to go play in the NBA. Yeah. Like I wanted, I I was at that point in time. I wasn't a fan of school. Yeah. I didn't want to go to school, and everybody knows that. Right. Yeah. I was I was like, dude, you're telling me I can go play in the NBA and get paid to play basketball, or I can go back to school. And another heavy factor that was weighing in, because me and Eric Blitzer would text. We texted every day. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. The fact that we knew John and Demarcus were leaving, like that was. It was sad to a point where it's like, well, do I really want to go back? I'm, I'm not going to have the same exact team. Yes, I, Darius Mills was one of my best friends, and it was hard to leave him. But it's like I'm not going to have all my brothers there. Yeah, we're going to have new people, but what does this look like? So you don't really know what you're getting yourself into going back. Uh, and I feel like that was that was a, a something that you do think about. But I don't. I enjoyed my rookie season and my, my NBA career, so I don't look back wondering that. But also it gave Josh Harrelson a, a chance to really shine yeah. and turn himself into a phenomenal oh, pro too. Yep, <laughs> yep. It really worked out for him the best. That's why I was – when I saw him perform, I was like, dude, I'm so happy for him because he works, he works his butt off. He does. Yeah. And he earned every bit of, of everything he got. And, you know, that's, that, that, that's one of the cool things about you being here, right, is us as fans – right. Don't look at that as in, well, if I go back, I'm not going to have my team. Right, you know, I'm no, not going to have the guys that I just got this close with. Or, or so I got to start over. Or if I go back, you know, Josh Harrelson's not going to get the minutes right. that he would get because right. I'm going to take those minutes. Right. I mean, yeah. not necessarily, but I mean, it was just. Right. I mean, it but, was. But, it was. I don't know. It was, and it's like because because it was a blessing to play with. All the top talent we got to play. Of course, there's John, there's DeMarcus, there's Eric, but, like, Patrick. Yeah. To play with Patrick Patterson 
was one of the most incredible things to battle with them every day in practice. Yeah. Was one of the most. He was always one things. of my favorite players. Oh, he was one of my favorite players. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So it was like, dang, we're losing a guy like Pat, and there's you're not going to find a, a Patrick Patterson on on every street right. corner. Let's, right. let's call it what it is. So I mean, it was it was just it was sad. Like after losing that game, um, everybody in the locker room was just crying, bawling their eyes out, and I'm just sitting there like, dang, this is over. Like, right. this is the the biggest nightmare that right. came from the greatest dream, and it was just it was sad. It was it was tough to to kind of, um, I guess you could just say process everything. Right. Yeah. It was really tough. It took time. So so you know you have you have decided to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. What does that process look like? Obviously, I don't know if you can tell this. I'm right. not. I'm not a professional athlete. Right. I've never been on any NBA radars. Right. So, what does that look like? Um, I mean, at first, it, w- it was for me going out to California and start working out. Um, you go through what I want to say. I worked out for a few weeks, and then you start going to. Um, you get invited to workouts. Right. So normally, like around, I would work out a bunch against. There was a group of guys. Hassan Whiteside, um, I can see his face, can't think of his name. Uh, I don't know, there was a, Ghani Lawal, um, a group of guys, like four or six of us, that we would see each other continuously. They were We were around that range of anywhere from 15 to 30 in the first round, and then first picking the first round down to 20. And we would just work out against each other. It was a lot of the same positions, and then you'd see, like, like say if we – my first workout, I believe, was in Indiana. Okay. So you come in and you see the guards working out, whoever they were tra- like training for their draft picks. And then after that, you put your stuff on. They get you warmed up, get you going, and then you battle against those guys. Then you might fly to, let's say, Charlotte for a workout. And Excuse me. They might even put you on the same plane as the guys you just worked out with. So you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to see you again. I know right. what to expect. Then they get you flying like across. I mean, you- I did maybe – 15 workouts okay and then had 24 lined up and just cut it off really because i was going through some stuff kind of just need a little time off but in between those workouts you're, you're still going back and training so you're getting no sleep you're constantly on the go and you, you're trying to move up in the draft but there's not going to be much movement in the draft right. wondering what in the world do they have coming overseas that we don't know right that we can't expect right. yeah and so that that's a, another thought who are who are they going to bring in that to, to see them um now these like are these like workouts that like multiple NBA teams are at watching, or no, like just, when you just literally one specific? So team. you go to Indiana for the Pacers. Yep, gotcha. Yep, they give you Pacers gear. Yep. You wear it. Everybody work. You work out against each other. It might be a, a two-hour workout, two and a half-hour workout, um, and then then you move on. the The hardest workout, and, and it's funny because guys would talk like, "Oh, have you been to Miami yet?" <laughs> no, what what what's in Miami? I said, "Oh man, it's gonna be the hardest workout. You start off one on one full court, two on two full court, three yeah. on three full court, four on four full court, five on five full court, um, and then you you pretty much everything you do is just condition. They want to see what type of shape right, are you right. in. And so actually, one thing that I stole is a three minute run. Okay. So I do it with my little fifth grade group right now. I do it with the older kids we have too uh, for our AAU team. And so you have to touch each baseline. And every time you touch a baseline, you, you you count. So you try to get one, two, three, 28 touches in three minutes. Okay. It's a great drill to find out if your players are in shape or not. And so, I mean, it was just – it's like – it was like, no, that Miami workout. People, like, were fearing that Miami <laughs> workout. But, I mean, at, at the same time, if you're in shape, it's, not, it's nothing. Right. And they're like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Let's give it what you're going in. But most likely, if you're not in shape, they're going to say, all right, but this isn't for you. <laughs> this, this, this is not the place you. for you. Not at all. So you got to figure something else out. Um, then you go through the process to where you go through the combine. Uh, you – 
do all the, the, the show for the cameras, the agility test, the ladder test, the vertical test, vertical leap test, bench press, um, and then play. Uh, I actually didn't do – I did all the, the testing, but I didn't play. I didn't do the workout the second day. And then the, the fun part for me was – because I like to talk, obviously – was the <laughs> interviews. So – you're in Chicago. They have the whole everything in Chicago. I don't think I don't know if they do in Chicago still anymore. But you you're in a hotel room and you go from room to room meeting with teams and then they give you a little schedule. This team is on this floor at this room. Boom boom boom. You knock. You go in. But every team is different. So I uh, I think it was like the Utah Jazz. The first one I walked into. They have the GM there. A couple of the coaches there. You kind of talk to them. They ask you questions. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. One team. I think it was the Indiana Pacers. They had a psychologist there in a, in a laptop. And so you just go in there, take a test, boom, it takes 20 minutes and you're out of there. And then my favorite was the the Boston Celtics because it was when they were in the playoffs and Danny Ainge just on the couch by himself, arms out, legs folded. I think his legs were propped up and it's just like you're having a full conversation with Danny Ainge. I'm like, this is so cool. It's cool, right? This is so cool. No, they didn't pick me, but I got to have a one-on-one conversation with Danny Ainge and nobody can beat that. It was a really good GM. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, that was, it was a whole lot of fun and it was, it was a a fun process. You know, you get to see, because at that point in time, a lot of former players are coaches now. So you get to talk to them, kind of get, get a a, a view on that, but you're so young, you really don't even know what questions to ask. You don't want to seem like an idiot and ask the wrong question because you're basically, it's a job interview yep. but it's so stressful because you know most people with a job interview they might go one job two jobs back to back this is like 20 to 25 job interviews back to back to back with millions of dollars on the line yeah so for an 18 19 year old it, it, it's stressful yeah it is <laughs> I'm sure. it is and then uh, you go through the draft process you get drafted you go through rookie transition program which the nba does a phenomenal job with their player association is, is really good i don't know about any other professional sports leagues but i love the nba player association you go through uh, RTP, Rookie Transition Program, and they, they get you for about five days and give you, fill you with information on possibly everything that could go wrong in your NBA career and kind of give you guidance and, and, and things that they can do to help, things that they can do to make everything go smoothly, ideas and thoughts from former players, what they did wrong, what they did right. So you kind of, if you take it in and take it serious, you get a lot of good information right. to, to better yourself and honestly everyone around you. And then you get to your team, get ready for summer league, get practices going, and then start rolling from there. I'd say one of those pieces of advice at this point is how to take care of your money, yep. right? Because you, definitely. I mean, you know, these guys now are making money that right. you know, and Larry Larry Bird, Magic Johnson never right. saw this no, kind of money, like, right? Uh, like, uh, you got what guys making a quarter of a billion in five years? Yeah, right. yeah. So I mean, it's harder to run out of that money now right. than it was twenty five years ago, right? But you know, I know that's one of the things that you see a lot of, of the former players go back and do, and they talk to them and say, look, you don't need six cars. Right. You don't need nine houses. Right. You know, you don't need four ex-wives. Keep it, keep <laughs> it simple. Keep yeah. it as simple as possible. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Because, definitely. you know, if you if you manage the money the right way, I mean, like Shaq, it, to me, Shaq is the best when it comes to managing oh, sure. I mean, and investing his money. Yeah, he's just a phenomenal businessman because he doesn't yeah. stop. He keeps going. Yeah. He doesn't stop and he keeps going. And he was going. the first one to, to buy into Google. I think right. that was a pretty good payoff. Right. No, I mean, no. look, he owns, like, he pretty much owns Papa John's yep. now. So, so you know, that that kind of stuff is, is, is cool on that part of it. I do have a question. So, you know, like in the NFL, they do like the Wonderlick test, right? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. It's like a smarts test, you know, oh, that everybody yes, yes, has yes, to yes, take. Yes, 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 right? yes. Did you, all, did, did you all have to do that too? The Pacers, in, when I went to their workout, I don't know if it was a Wonderlick test, but it was something about an IQ. Yeah. Because, yeah. 
I, I, are you a football guy? No. Okay. I mean, I'm a Lions fan, but I didn't. I don't watch much. When well, I not wrong. Well, uh, the reason I bring that is is because last year C.J. Stroud, right, who was the rookie quarterback, he scored like a 17 on this test, right. which was like really bad. Right. Just got drugged through the mud. Yeah, and they drug him through the mud. Right. And and he told him he's like, I don't take tests very right. good. He said, I don't know how to play football. Well, he goes out and wins rookie of the year, takes the Texans to the playoffs this year. He's pretty good, right. right? So, and it's funny because me and him were like the only two out of all of our group that was on. Say, like he's the best quarterback, right? And uh, the 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 test doesn't matter, right. right? And you know, you know how to play basketball. You know how to play basketball. At a certain right? point in time, you just got to compete. You got to figure out how to put the ball in the hole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta have guys that that have a will to win. You can even know how to play basketball and still constantly get beat. Yeah, because it takes heart, takes their determination. Yep. I feel like that. I mean, that's one thing. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know when, but it was ingrained in me just to fight. Yeah, and keep fighting, and that's something that I don't. I don't even know if it can be taught. I think it might be a personality trait. Yep. I don't know what it is, but yeah. at the end of the day, you do what you have to do to win, and yeah. no tests can really determine that. Gotta have that dog in you, right? Gotta dude. have that dog <laughs> in you. A so, lot of it. So professional basketball has afforded you the opportunity to go all over the world. Yep. Um. What's your favorite place to play in? Japan, by far. The people are incredibly nice. The country's incredibly clean. The food is amazing. And, I mean, just the the experience in Japan, they make as smooth as possible. Right. They make it as smooth as possible. I tell everybody, if you can go to Japan, go to Japan. Okay. Everyone should put Japan on their bucket list. They really should. It, it's, well, it's well worth it. And not even – I wouldn't even – I, I like Tokyo, but I wouldn't even go to Tokyo. I would go to, you know, Niigata. I would go to Kyoto. I would go to Hokkaido. There's a lot of nice cities outside. Because, like, it, when I went going to different countries, for instance, like like Tokyo, it, it's, I mean, to me, it's basically New York. So you're not going to get yeah. the true, genuine feel of Japan going to Tokyo. Yes, everybody wants to say they go and take the pictures, um, be touristy, but I wouldn't spend much time in Tokyo. I love Japan yeah. by far. But, I mean, it, it's tough because I, I have... A lot of friends, and I've had a lot of fun in so many countries. Um, it's it's really tough to to. Japan is just is my favorite, yeah. but I, there's a lot that I do I do enjoy. I've been to Lebanon a few times. I've had a great time in Lebanon. Um, Greece was amazing. Uh, as a, just a beautiful country, fun basketball. Uh, Thailand was fun. Thailand was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it was a pay vacation. Same <laughs> with Puerto Rico. It really was. It was. It was awesome. So, how different is the international game of basketball compared to the United States game of basketball? Oh, it doesn't compare. There's, there's levels in, in the NBA is, is far beyond yeah. any and everything. The tough part is every the the hard part for players is is everyone wants to try and get back to the NBA, and Europe says that oh, this is the best league to do that, and they're not wrong. It's good basketball. It's good fundamental basketball. Um, they play the right way, but. To be honest with you, I signed a contract in Greece for $250,000 and get, didn't get paid one red cent. Yeah. I was supposed to go over to Turkey. I went over to Turkey for a month. They were supposed to pay me $40,000. Didn't get paid one red cent. So you do, you run the risk of doing that. Then you they're like, oh, Asia's terrible basketball, this, this, that, the other. Yeah, but they pay and they pay on time. Right. And, so, and even in Japan, they paid ahead of time. Yeah. So I can't argue with that. But it, also, the basketball in Japan and China even it, is growing because they're starting to adapt a rule of having more Americans because there's only uh, a limit on most countries, especially in the Middle East and Asia. Some some leagues do one. They say foreigner. Usually most times American. Um, 
But now it's grown to two, three, four, five, and even six, I want to say, in some leagues. And so you're starting to see a better brand of basketball around the world. The thing that a lot of these players are doing are solidifying themselves in these countries and getting naturalized. So you're starting to see a lot of of, of, of past Americans, I guess former Americans, playing for these these countries when it comes to the global games. I think it's awesome to see because you're just going to see so much diversity in the game of basketball in the next 10 to 20 years with people being – uh, deeply and better than these countries, and I think it's great because you're going to see the growth of different countries. Because hopefully, some of these older players they they do what I'm doing, and they start you know basketball academy, start really teaching the game the right way. Right. And then you see kids just start to learn and grow. Well, so I'm glad I'm glad you made that transition. So, how long was your professional career? Uh, 14 years. 14 years. So, 14 years. Did you always know you want to come back to Lexington? Um, no, I did okay. not. I want to. Do, I want to live in Orlando. I love Orlando. Okay. Yeah. I want to live in Orlando. I want to actually live in Orlando and then in the summertime live in Maine. Okay. I love Maine. I ended up in Maine playing for the Boston Celtics at the time D League team, the Maine Red Claws. Yeah. Uh, it was miserable at first because in the wintertime there's like five feet of snow on the ground at all times, <laughs> uh, but the salt tr- the salt trucks get out pretty quick. But I, I got a ticket, actually, a speeding ticket, driving from, because my car was in Philadelphia when I was playing from when I was playing with the 76ers, and I wanted to drive it up seven hours all the way up to Maine and got a ticket the last 15 minutes of that drive. Last 15 minutes of a seven-hour drive. Got a speeding ticket. I was just ready to get home. Yeah. So had to go back in the summertime, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Maine in the summer is phenomenal. <laughs> Great weather. My favorite part was it was uh, the time where they had, like, fresh lobster and oh, crab, yeah. oh, too. Yeah. So you can get your fill on all that, and I didn't realize I like haddock, haddock chowder. Okay. Yeah, so that was that was a phenomenal experience. But, yeah, Maine in the summertime and then uh, snowbird down to Orlando in the wintertime. Okay, so so what brought you to Lexington? Uh, Got married, had That's kids. That's usually what happens. Yep. Yeah. Got married and had kids. Okay. Yep. So is she from Kentucky? She's from Harrisburg. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Not mm-hmm. too far from here. Nope. So, and then you're like. And they always get to go where they want to go. I know how it is. That's why I live in Mount Sterling. Right. My wife was from Mount Sterling. That's why go. I live in Mount Sterling. There you so, go. at what point were you like, this is what I want. Like, I want to teach the game of basketball. I want to I want to make sure kids are learning the game the correct way. Um, I mean, it's always been a thought process for me because I've learned so much and I've always had, I want to give these kids exactly what I didn't have. Okay. Like, cause if I would have had me, I'd have been even more of a monster. Yeah. I was always willing to work. I just didn't know what to do. Right. My dad, he put together a plan, but I, I mean, he was, he was busy with work and there's a lot of things he couldn't do. So I, it was on me to get it done. I mean, it worked out, but I was like, if I would have had someone like me, Oh, it would have worked out even way better. Right. Because right. I spent so many hours doing the wrong stuff, just going to the gym. And I like I would go to the gym and just shoot for five hours. Right. Um, but it, it came back to me because it, it was a thought process on, on how this all works. And I, my, my, my dad put together a plan because when I was in, like, the fifth grade, he got together a group of kids that, that went to – it was three private schools in Oklahoma, and they, they started the AAU team. And it was a lot of the kids that would sit at the end of the bench. So they weren't playing. He took them together, got them together, worked them, worked worked the heck out of them, honestly. And I was with that group, and I saw all these kids transition and get better and slowly grow and gain confidence. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. And so that's kind of my premise for this. It's where I'm starting, but I've adapted so many things. And I feel like I'm a really good coach. And I say that because I've had so many coaches. It's like I tell everybody I've had so many bad coaches that I know what not to do. And all the good coaches, I pretty much just do exactly what they do. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been a blessing to yeah. play on so many teams, been in so many different countries, and there's a lot that I've learned from 
uh, European practices and Asian practices that they teach you uh, kind of fundamental things, like things that we learn here, yes, but it's just an adaptation to make it a little more fun sometimes. Right. And so you learn how to make it make training or, or basketball practices in the game. So kids, two hours after they're, they're done, and they're like, oh, that's it? So, I mean, it, it's, it's building confidence, teaching these kids, and, and really learning basketball. Right. You know, I, I, I worked at an exposure camp here in Lexington, and it's like everybody's going one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. And then we broke it down in the, into, into drills, and I was like, just give me defense. And then I taught kids how to play defense, and the parents were like, oh, my gosh, this is phenomenal. This is what they need. This is awesome. And then the, the, the director of the exposure camp came to me and said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I said, I'm just teaching them how to properly play defense. Right. Nobody's even playing defense out here. I don't want to just sit and watch kids dribble 100 times, throw up crazy threes. I know this is an exposure camp, but a lot of kids are getting exposed right now. Yep. This is horrible. Yep. Wrong Whoever, exposure, right? Yeah, the wrong type <laughs> the of exposure. exposure. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, if we could really teach kids – my goal in Kentucky right now, and I tell everybody, is to build a pipeline, uh, yes, for UK, but even for – because gonna, there's going to be a lot of kids that can't go to UK, right. obviously. So I talked to one of the assistants at Transy, who I know very well, the head coach over at Georgetown. Listen, I'm building a pipeline for Georgetown, Transy, EKU, Western Kentucky, um, Kentucky State, and for those less fortunate, Louisville. For everyone to just kind of grow and build these players. Thank you. Who can – and I might have a kid who really wants to play basketball at the next level and wants to play past college. Not very athletic, not super talented, decently skilled, but he knows how to rotate on defense. Yep. He knows where to be on defense. He knows how to talk. He knows how to space on offense. He knows how to run an offense. Yep. He knows how to quarterback offense and a defense. So the kid that's flying through the gym that doesn't know how to play basketball, he might get beat out by the kid that I've been working with because he just knows how to play right. basketball. Right. Because that, at the end of the day, is what's going to get you on the court. You know, simple, nobody boxes out. Nope. And I, I, w- I have so many of the kids that I train, I go to their high school games, I go to the middle school games, I go to the L- – I matter. Uh, my son goes to Sandersville, so I coach Sandersville, and I'm a, I'm a referee for the elementary league too because there's a need for that. Yeah. So I'm fully engulfed in the culture right. of basketball here in Lexington. Right. But I go to all these games, and it's like the ball is shot, and everybody just stands out in the room like zombies. <laughs> Like, what are y'all doing? I said if one kid, if there was a kid out there, 5'9", who just knew how to box out, he'd probably be uh, all-state because he would average 20 rebounds. He might not score that much, but he would average about 20 rebounds just from boxing out and then going to get the ball. It's incredible. No one runs hard. No one runs the corners. Nobody really knows how to pass and cut. Nobody really, like, these kids really don't know how to play the game of basketball. Because in their mind, it's all about putting it in the basket. Exactly. Exactly, and we have like that's why I've taken it upon myself. Like, okay, I got a lot of work ahead of me, but it's possible. Yeah, I just got to put in the work. You've got a lot of a lot of coaches out there that have got that NBA, and I call it NBA culture because that's kind of what it is. Right. You got five guys out there that can dribble, and they all want to they all want to play one on one. Right. right? And they, they, nobody uh, wants they, to pass. They go the ball. five out, and they try to beat their man one on one the whole yeah. time, and it's just like, dude, if y'all really knew how to play basketball, y'all would have way more fun than this. Right. And and you know, us diving doing this, you know, like the coaches show, which is what you're basically on right now, is um you know, we we spent a lot of time talking to high school coaches. We've had multiple high school teams on all different sports, right? Uh we've we've spent a lot of time this basketball season traveling. Uh, you know, we've we've been to several different counties um and making connections with all these coaches right. and these players. And it's fun being able to make those connections and, you know, us kind of being able to build those those mentorships and right. stuff. But 
like I had kind of gotten away from all of that before we dove back into this high school stuff. And, you know, Darren and I were at the uh, region or the uh, Round County last night for the District 61 mm-hmm. district games. And it was it was two of the best basketball games that we've seen. It was the girls uh, on, on both games. And that place was rocking, man. Right. It was jam-packed full. And I, I, I was – literally fired up like he at one point i was standing up on my i was like i'll, I'll cut that guy dude right. i mean i was i was mad the refs were, were horrible but you know to see those girls they play so hard and it, it's fun watching them part of it so you know, I, I respect what you're doing because you do see that you you do see you know there's a lot of teams out there that just are on the floor. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean they know what they're doing. Well, they like fundamentals. Right? They they, yeah. they they just don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know what to so, do. So, yeah. if you have, like, we kind of buddied up with Menifee County and Bath County, uh, kind of grown to know some of those girls, uh, do you have a player that loves the game, they'd like to go to the next level? What do they? What would you recommend they do to uh, help themselves become a D one athlete? Be in the uh, gym five days a week, doing the rice. I was, oof. Right now, I offer six a.m. trainings, and a lot of people that I have will last two to three days, and they'll drop, and I won't see them, and it won't last long. Is it hard? Yeah, it's hard, but it's just real work. Um, I would have them work out probably two times a day and have them work out five times a week and have them not just in the gym just getting shots up, but having a meaningful workout. Because at a certain point in time, there's going to be – I tell I tell, most of the kids I have, I tell them – or all the kids I have, I tell them this. None of you have my body. You're not 6'10". You're not 270. You're not athletic. If I come across them, that dude's going to be a monster. If I come across that 15, 16, 17-year-old, that dude's going to be a monster. You, you can't wait for that, right? I can't wait for that. I'm waiting. I'm waiting patiently for him, but please come on. If you have him, find him and bring him to me. I tell everybody, so you have to put in extra work because not only in this country but in the world, there's people – trying to get to where you're at, where you want to get. So what's going to make you stand out? And you're going to have to put in extra work. You're going to have to put in extra time. So I would say five days a week they need to be in the gym. They need to get up at least anywhere from 500 to 750 shots a day. They need to make sure they're in shape. They need to be – a lot of kids don't – they don't even work on the ball familiarization skill where you pass the ball back and forth. You wrap it around your waist. You wrap it around your legs. They don't work – I have – there was there was a little boy that came to me. He fifth grade. He, he we started working. Out. He started doing all these jumps. Da, 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 da. Oh my goodness, this looks amazing. Knocking down shots. Oh, that's phenomenal. Let's do the mic and drill. Couldn't make layups. Couldn't do the mic and drill. Couldn't just simply sit on the basket and make layups. I said, so you can do all that, but you never worked on layups. And because I noticed in the game when we started scrimmaging, he missed a bunch of layups. People don't work on form, but also it is a way because I, I, I teach kids, and there was one kid I, I, I got to, a big kid. I'm not going to say where he's from. I'm not going to name names again. But I told him, he said, I said, have you ever done the mic? He said, yeah. 
I said, okay, I'm going to teach you this. I said, every time you do the mic and drill, you kick your knee up. The deck that you're jumping off of, keep, plant that hard, kick the opposite knee up as hard as you can, and turn your shoulder so you're pushing the ball to the backboard. It's like a light bulb went out. He said, oh, my gosh, this is a miracle. I said, yeah, it's not hard. Right. These kids had to be taught the drills, but taught the minor, very minute details because I didn't learn that until I was 17 years old, and Bob Hill taught me that. Bob Hill coached the Spurs. Um phenomenal NBA coach he he taught me a lot of what I do has come from him so it, it's funny to me when when uh I have all these kids doing drills I said they, yeah, they don't even know they're doing NBA they're doing professional drills right, right, right. now it, it's phenomenal to see them get better but it they have to be taught the right way because so many so many of these kids are putting all these hours in the wrong way and, and it's 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 they're getting minimal results when in a small amount of time if you're doing the right things you can have uh, a phenomenal amount of growth in this game. Right. Just putting in the work. So I, I would say it's a lot of work, but yeah, you two workouts a day, sometimes five times a week. That's what those kids have to do, yeah. and that's going to make them stand out. I'm, another thing, none of these kids are in shape. So if you're the most in shape and you can run all day, which most of them should be, they're young enough to, you're going to stand out. Right. So to add on to that, one of our Facebook comment questions was kind of fit you you come out of high school when you're playing in high school you're the man right you come to uk and you got wall cousins bledsoe patterson how do you transition from being quote unquote the man right to to being part of that team um <laughs> for me it was in my mind i was like oh this is less pressure right this is less pressure. I can come in. I played the high school team I played on. We had all role players, and a star player is a role in itself. But to me, it was it was my 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 game transition because my freshman year, I had a, a junior who could score inside about six five, big solid big solid dude. I could throw to him. He's gonna score inside most of the time. I had shooters. All I had to do is block shots and rebound. That's what I said. Then all you gotta do is block shots and rebound. Okay, I average eight rebounds and nine blocks a game. What else do you need me to do? State championship. So then I had, I still had the big inside, and what have, we had another guy who developed as a shooter. I said, all I got to do is this again. And so my junior year, it comes where we lose the inside presence, and they're like, well, can Daniel Lord score? Yeah, I can score. I just haven't had to. It was stupid. Right. right. Why would I need to? I don't need to do anything extra. I just want to win championships. Right. I do what I need to to win championships. So when it was a transition from going to being, I don't, I don't even know if I was the man. I don't think my senior, my senior year, I definitely didn't average the most points because I was hurt most of it. But my junior year, I don't think I've ever averaged the most points on my high school team. I just won three state championships. So when it came to a point of, of just rings, baby, just, just rings. rings. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I just win. I'm just a winner. Like, I, I'm yeah. always in my life. I, what do I have to do to win? Right. That, okay, I'm going to do it. And so when I got to Kentucky, I said, dude, this is amazing. Yeah. I said, I can go in. I'll play as hard as I can. I'll do everything I can. But if I'm having a bad day, if I'm not playing that well, I got an All-American coming in for me. Yeah. I got two of them. Yeah. Patrick Patterson, DeMarcus Cousins. I said, all I got to do is, oh, he's in foul trouble. In the days, it would, I would say, I was like, dang, DeMarcus having an off day. Feel bad for him, but got to do what I got to do. Right. <laughs> and I, would, I mean, I talk traps. Hey, bud, don't worry. Just go sit down, get yeah, some rest. I'll handle, it. I'll handle it for you. You're having you. an off day, and we get a kick out of it. We have fun. But I mean, I, it was yeah, it was less pressure for me to go to Kentucky with all that talent there. It's like a, I mean, it probably would have been more pressure if it would have been with the Gillespie class, and he was still the coach. Right. But in I, all honesty, I always wanted the pressure. I always wanted. I always wanted to hit. I'm the, I'm the guy who wants to shoot the game winner, and I can live yeah. with missing it. 
because I, I I've always put in the time, put in the work, put in the effort. Let me work. Let me be prepared. Let me get ready for my moment. That was the like one main phrase you hear in the NBA all the time. Stay ready. Stay ready. So when the time comes, you don't have to get ready. Yeah. Because yeah. anybody, you can. Things happen. Life happens. People get hurt. People go down. People have to miss for unfortunate events. Right. Be ready for your opportunity whenever it comes. That's probably the greatest advice I could give. Well, and you know, to piggyback off that, somebody you talked about earlier, Tayshawn Prince is the definition of be ready. Yep. They were getting. They couldn't stop Tracy McGrady in the playoffs. Right. Two games. Right. Couldn't stop him. What can we do? Let's throw this. Let's, let's throw this lanky let's kid on. Let's try him. this out. Try. And he was ready. And he was ready. And it. To the moon. Yep. So it was all it, it, the rest was history. Right. So yeah. he just needed that opportunity, yep. and he had to be ready. Yep. Again, to piggyback off of that, opportunity is one huge thing in the NBA. Figuring out, having an agent knowing the business of basketball and going to the right place is everything. Yep. Because an example I give: Draymond Green, phenomenal basketball player, but if he doesn't go to the Warriors, I don't think he has this career. I think he has a a good career, a decent career. But he doesn't have this career. and He was the right piece for that puzzle. Correct. Yeah. Steve Kerr was the right piece of the puzzle. That, yeah. No. Yeah, Steve Kerr. Yeah. Draymond wasn't the right piece of that puzzle. He was – he was – he just flowed into it right. nicely. Yeah. But, again, because what a lot, of, a lot of kids don't realize nor understand is your first major decision, if you're going to be a Division One athlete, choosing where you're going to go to school, they just see the name, they see the life. No. Is it a system that's going to work for you? Right. Yeah. Is that a system that you're going to be able to play your game the right. way you want to play? Or do you want to go uh, to a coach who is a defensive heavy coach and everybody says, well, he can do everything, but he can't play defense. Do you want to go there and learn how to play defense from that? You have to figure out what you want to do and the player you want to become. And if you want to play professionally, what's going to get you to that next level? Right. So was last year your first year with the AAU squad here? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so my first year. How, how what kind of what kind of success were you able to come from that? Um, honestly, we didn't win many tournaments, but I have a lot of guys. I have a lot of freshmen who did move up to where well, we have a lot of freshmen. Sorry, that did move up to JV and a couple that are sitting on the varsity bench. So for me, that's a win. That's a win, right? That's a win. Yeah. So is Evan on your AAU, AAU yep, team? Yep, he is, and he yeah. is phenomenal. That dude goes so hard. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love Evan. So, what ages did you have last year? Just at the time, it was 7th and 8th grade, but they're now our 8th and ninth grade group. And this year, we have 4th through 10th. Okay, so you're going 4th through 10th. Yep, and starting to, trying to, I'm trying to get deeper into the, the girls' side of basketball because of the desperate need here for, two, for it, too. Right. I'm realizing that the, the girls' side of basketball is, is just, it, it's barely existent. Right. And so, I mean, there's a lot of people trying to build it, but we need help. Right. So, if... Somebody is interested in potentially joining your AAU team or even getting with you for training. How would they go about getting in contact with you? Um, right now, I've been working out a lot through Sports Center. That's where most okay. of my trainings are. So I don't have I, like, I, I don't have social media. It takes up too much of my time. I, it, it's, it's like a drug. It is. And so I, it's <laughs> like it got to a point where as soon as I open my phone, I go straight to Twitter. And go, so I, I cut out social media. So I don't have that. Um, I would say you can contact me through Sports Center for the most part because okay. I don't have uh, a website set up. I'm working on that at the time, at the moment right now. But I mean, those who really truly <laughs> want to work, they can find me sure. because I don't. That's the thing. I don't like going out to find people because what I do, it ain't for everybody. Right, right. You got to come to me because at a certain point in time, you ask for this. <laughs> right. This I, is what you wanted. Adam, Adam just texted. He said, "If he needs an AAU coach for girls, sign me up." Oh Lord. <laughs> well, hey. So Adam, right? Adam. Adam is one of our one of our four or five on the the show. Okay, 
he uh, he actually coaches the McNabb sixth grade team girls okay. in, in Montgomery County. Nice. Yeah, and he's done that for two years now. That is awesome. And he's just yeah. a guy that that loves the game of basketball. Yeah, I've been out yeah. to McNabb a few times. I know I know the uh, coach Quinn and um, I can't even think of his name. The other coach. I've been out there on the boys' side a little bit. I worked out. I, matter of fact, trained them a few times. Yeah. As I'm saying, I'm at all these schools. I was at Yates today. Yeah. Went from Cassidy after Yates. My son's at Sandersville. I've helped with William Wells Brown. Um, I've been, I'm at all these schools putting in my time. Yeah. Doing what I can. So, what's what's next for Daniel Orton? Like, what 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 do you want to see? This he told you, Orlando. <laughs> what, what, what's next for him? I I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know what that looks like. Um, I would love to. I would love to coach either in college or the NBA. You know, I, I've had that conversation with with Kentucky, but uh, nothing's come of it yet. Hope I'm hoping something comes of it next year. But you know, keeping my fingers crossed. But gonna keep pushing on to what I'm doing. I'm honestly just enjoying working with the youth right now. Yeah. I got a great group of kids that that love to work and and want to get better. And so it, it's really it, it's inspiring to, to 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 get this going. Like I. I I don't stop. I wake up at 4.30 to get to, to the gym by 5 to 5.30 most days just to get ready to prepare these kids. And then, um, and then like, Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm actually – this is my last week of doing it for the past, I want to say, maybe 14, 15 months. I was doing free trainings at the at William, at the Charles Young Center downtown off of 3rd Street okay. in Lexington. Um, Mondays and Wednesdays, 5.30 to 6.30, start of the basketball academy. Uh, and just been – Busy training kids, trying to – most of the time I just give kids confidence. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody. I say I can give them the tools, but I just give kids confidence right. and we have fun. Because it's you, – you, you, maybe you're the first person that's ever told a kid that you're proud of them or you believe in a them. A lot of times, and, yes. You know, uh, as a teacher myself, I find that oftentimes. Right. Like, you know, sometimes kids just need to hear, hey, I'm proud of you. All the time kids need to hear, I'm proud of you. Yeah. All the time, there, I would not all kids, but I would say ninety five percent of kids. They want that. Oh, okay, I made them proud. I'm doing something good. Right. But I'll, I'm starting to kind of realize too, and I'm uh, we've been work we've been working on something for this is trying to kind of develop parents and like coach parents. Because yep. I tell everybody, I say, listen, most of these kids are hard on themselves. They're harder than you can ever be. And so my mom figured out early. All right, let me leave them alone. Let me not say because she will still make her comments, but. We, we, her and I came up with a rule. She couldn't say anything. She could say one thing after bad games or good games or whatever. She could say it the nastiest, meanest way she wanted. And that one thing was, so where do you want to go eat? <laughs> That's the only thing I want to hear. And then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I don't have to hear all that. Let me say where you want to go eat. Right. Where do you want to get? That's all a little athlete. That's all they want to hear. And sometimes they might be frustrated with themselves. Nothing. All right, so then you just take that car ride home and live with it. Yep. Put some music on, do whatever you have to do, leave them alone, let them decompress and talk about it later. But in the moment, parents get worked up, players get worked up, it could end bad for everybody. So where do you want to go eat? That's my advice for parents. After, Where do you want to go eat? That, that is, that's solid advice. So as we start wrapping up, what's your favorite story from your time at Kentucky that you can tell? <laughs> 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 it gives you the eye roll that I can tell. And remember, this is a family show. Understood. Um, <laughs> there's way too many. From like the first point of playing in the Jordan All American game, when you see all the Kentucky signs and they know me, John, and Demarcus are going to the time where I played in um, 
I forgot the name of it, the Kentucky All-Star Game, where I came out and did uh, one of my favorite things was, was my, well, actually, one of my favorite wrestlers was Goldberg, too. I love okay. Goldberg. I forget. <laughs> that was one of my favorite wrestlers, Goldberg. But also Triple H, you know, how I did the All-Star Game, I did, like, spit in the water yeah. out there. Uh, and so that was a fun experience. And as soon as we got on campus, it was it was incredible. I, I really can't narrow it down to just one experience. Yeah. Because it was the practices that we had were some of the greatest practices I've ever had in my life. Right. Even throughout NBA practices, we had so much talent. Everybody loved being there. And we would be done with practice, and they'd have to kick us out of Joe Craft, and then we'd just go to the Johnson Center and go play. Yeah. Like, we did not stop playing. So that team in itself was the greatest experience. Okay. What do you – What do, I mean, you know, Cal's had a little bit of a rough run here. Right. So – what do you what do you think is 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 hindering that now? Is it is it the fact that NIL and the and the transfer portal has leveled the playing field? Because I know when well, you were here in the first couple of years when Kyle was here, nobody could compete with him recruiting wise. Right. But that's you know with NIL and and the and the transfer portal that that's changed all that, right? Right. I think I think college basketball and college sports as a whole is at a transition period right now. And a lot, the one thing that I've because I I I dove into this before. I think one thing that needs to happen is is not Cal, for instance, but a, you see a lot of the older coaches kind of retiring and backing off, getting out of it. And I thought it would have been great to see guys like Myshashevsky and Roy Williams, not necessarily retire, but develop into a new role of general manager. Yep. To where you have them going out to now have you have those guys go out and recruit a little bit, save your head coach some time, go do some recruiting. Let's go see if they can go go meet with people, get more NIL deals, and, and kind of develop into a role where they have their hand in the program still, not only with basketball, but also the growth and development. Absolutely. But they still have a little bit of time to give to this game and these, these younger players. Because even though, you know, you have John Shire at Duke, he comes into your living room. That's awesome. It's incredible. The Duke head coach is here. But if you have Hall of Fame Mike Krzyzewski coming in, if you have Hall of Fame Roy Williams coming in, if you have Hall of Fame John Calipari coming in, yes, you're going to be more excited about someone who's newer right. than, than, than rather than the, the latter. I mean, it, it's just – I feel like that's something that's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I feel like it has to happen in a Well, I mean, college, college football – football college sports is becoming a business it is, right it's a, it's way it, a is, business. it is a business it's been a business and, and, it's been and, one of, like uh what do they say the greatest business of all time you have a billion dollar industry and you pay none of you you pay your employees nothing right? yeah it's the greatest business well I mean, you got the new football game coming out and the players that are have opted into the game get six hundred dollars and a copy of the game and a co- honestly as a, as a college athlete i would have took that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know six hundred dollars and i just wanted the copy of the game thank right. you for the six hundred dollars and a lot of players are like that like i right. mean obviously you know you got players like, you know, Caleb Williams, who's projected to be the number one pick, probably gets a little bit more. But there are players out there that wouldn't have gotten anything. But right. now they can say, I'm in that game. In That's game. me right That's there. Me. It has my name on it. It looks right. like me. Yeah. As soon as we bought I, I remember college basketball, the last year they made it was our year. And I was so happy. 2010. About yep. It's still the best. You're the best team on that I, game. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Blake Griffin was on the cover. Yeah. I, was, we, I, I still have that game. And I still play it. I got, I got three copies of them. Yeah. So yeah, I still have that too. And yeah. then I tried to go into game exchange and buy a set of hundred dollars. Yeah, it's not worth that. Yeah, right, right. I wanted as many as I could get. But um, yeah, we're still the best team on mine too because I, I yeah. put everybody's stats all the way up. We're all ninety nines. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, it, I feel like to have something like that back back then would have been different. But back to what you were saying, I don't think it's nil that's changed everything. I think a lot of you have to now develop into a mini 
I guess, NBA, you yeah. could say, to where you can't just yell at kids. Like, they're not trapped anymore. Yeah. They have the option to leave. Yep. And not only leave, but get more money elsewhere. Yep. So you have to kind of start treating them. And a lot of them are immature. They're not grown men. But at the age of 18 in this country, you're a grown man. So you have to treat them like grown men. And you have to have that same level of respect. Hey, I know you, you, know, you got school going on. You feel like you're not coming in. You don't want to come in here and work hard. But, dude, let's just get through this right. and learn how to be a pro and push through this. You can have a bad day. Just don't have two bad days in a row. Right. Figure out how to just get through this. Work your tail off. You might miss every shot. You might miss every defensive assignment. But as long as you're working hard and getting in shape and pushing through and making your teammates better, we can still get a win out of this day. Ter- like the, the Parents have to, to learn how to talk to kids, and then the coaches have to learn how to adapt because it's a new day in college basketball. Yeah. But I feel like that's one thing that's always made the transition easy for Cal is he knows how to talk to his players. He's a player-first guy. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I, I saw early on is a lot of coaches at all levels, they're either X's and O's. Or they're, they're, they're players' coaches. And very few do you find the uh, the the coach that is both. Mm-hmm. That's when you have your, your Steve Kerr's, your uh, your your Doc Rivers. Um, and I, you kind of just adapt all these things and, and kind of just go from there. I right. feel like that in this day and age of, of the Internet and all these streaming services, like I remember there's a, a Netflix series, talk, it's like the coach's playbook. And I just, I watched that and you see like how Doc Rivers like just thinks. And he made a comment on, you know, these young men, they come into your, your, your life and you want the best for them and you want to see them succeed. And so you do everything you can, but it's a short window and you don't know who's going to be there from, from day to day. And it's like, that is stressful and that's tough. I'm in a situation where I get to be around kids for three years, guaranteed, maybe more with, with the younger groups. And so it's a blessing to see that too, that side of it. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, and and and, and that's that's kind of you know the part of it, right? right? And and you know one of the other things I wanted to say this while ago. I know a lot of AAU coaches get a bad rap, right? You know, but then you also have a lot of guys out there that are not in it for the kids, right? Correct. They're 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 there because they're trying to build their brand. Right. You know, and I want to be able. Trying to, they're trying to hitch a ride. Yeah, exactly. next level. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. and I feel like that there's, uh, especially in America right now, there there's a, a lack, huge lack of, of teaching the game, and a lot of like, because I've talked to some some parents that you know, oh, the last team we played for, we never practice. What? Right. What do you mean you never practice? I've literally heard that. I mean, I know, you know, uh, of course, Rusty, you know, with with Evan, but one of the other guys that works with us, he's big in the baseball mm-hmm. stuff, right? And like. Sometimes these travel baseball teams, it's just like, hey, I just need 10 guys. Right. Just let me know if you can come or not. And right. and they'll just show up and play. And right. it's like, I mean, how do you, yeah, but, we're not going to practice? And, and to a certain point, like, that's what my thing is. We're talking you know, about practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> it, it's it's going to take time for people to see and understand that hopefully it happens sooner than later. I have, I have great parents like Rusty that get them to understand early on. Um but it's going to take time. You, you you build the chemistry. You teach kids the game. And then you get to a certain point where you have the kids that aren't as talented, aren't as skilled, but they work they work their butts off. And they know the game. They know how to do the fundamentals. Yep. And they come out beating teams where everybody's like, wait, hold on. This team wasn't supposed to beat this team. Right. And you tell them, well, why not? Right. That team, they just roll the balls out there. Everybody wants to play one-on-one. We know how to play defense to stop every single one of them. Yep. They don't run any plays, so. You're yeah. just going to turn it over and over well, I mean, and over you, again. You, we've talked about March Madness several times. You see that every March Madness, mm-hmm. a team that has no business, right. you know, 
I mean, look at last year's Final Four. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, exactly. They, they was eight seeds, nine seeds, well, five. Seeds. I mean, you know, it, there's a reason. The last couple of years, we've seen number one seeds get beat by sixteen. Yep. It's because you know we got guys that may not be as talented, mm-hmm. but they're they're they're, they're gonna they're not gonna be outworked. Right. So no. yeah. and the, and honestly, in a situation like that, when you got nothing to lose, you can really just go leave it all out House there. Money. Yep. You can yeah. go leave it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you look at. You know, Florida Atlantic last year that right. made that run. And, right. you know, so they come into this year thinking they're going to be, you know, a, a high. They're not even ranked right now. Right. You know, they've had a, a not a bad season, but not the season they were they expected. So Which you just never of, know. Yeah, because you never know. us armchair coaches put expectations on them. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we had Dusty May uh, already coaching, the some, <laughs> coaching somebody else this year. So That's interesting how that so, happens, too. It is. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Now I'll go back to, you know, what. We were talking about the two games last night. Both teams we showed up to support ended up getting behind in the first quarter and never could dig out of the hole. But once they realized that we're in a hole, you know, we got to go, Right. they left everything on the court. That sense of the, urgency. Yeah. Yeah, the second game, yeah. or no, it was the Menifee game, Menifee yeah. Fleming, they were fighting officials. Right. Because there were some just blatantly obvious bad calls, calling fouls for no reason at right. all, and they realized that that's that's what we're going to play with. So we're just going to go and we're going to play our game. And if I foul out, I foul out. And sure enough, three of their best players fouled out with less than a minute to go. Right. Have, have you seen a laziness with the refs in the AAU? Part um, of it. And I say that because I mean, yeah, it's evident who's it, really just happened. there to collect the check and hook. Yeah, certain because certain referees they'll, they'll they'll blow the whistle. Hey, bring the kid over, talk to him. Hey, the reason I called this because you did this. If you do this, it'd be fine. And that's the huge part of the. We need more officials who actually know what they're doing. I don't know no 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 shot at officials, but I I see some officials sometimes. Like we played in a tournament up in uh Spooky Nook up in up in Ohio, and I had one kid who kept doing a Euro step one two. And he called a travel every time, and that's like one of his main moves. So it happened three times, and I'm and we haven't recorded too. I can show you. I'm thinking like I can argue this call, but it, it makes no sense for me to argue with it because he literally has no idea what he's doing. Right. So you have a bunch of referees, and there's a shortage of referees. Like I said, I've had to ref for the elementary league here because nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to do. Well, they it. don't get like uh, they don't like getting yelled at. But here's the thing. Do your job. Do your right? job. Study. Or, or, or you know, just I tell last night, thing, all these guys are out of shape. They right. can't keep up with these athletes right. nowadays. At <laughs> one point last night, you had the head coach from both teams, the official at the center court line. Each coach is yelling at the referee over a different call right. that he made right. within the last 20 seconds. Right. And, I mean... They're closer than me and you are right now from each other. And right. He's in the middle, and they're both yelling about this call. Right. But at the same time, one of the things that calling these games that Sean and Adam and I have noticed is their go-to call now is a jump ball. Yeah. It's a, it's a that second out. game last night, I bet you it was, if it was less than 30, I'd be shocked. Right. I mean, the arrow machine was smoking. They hit that button so well, many times. At, at a certain point in time, like, kids don't have fundamentals. Kids don't constantly right. pivot. Like, if you, you see Kobe yeah. Bryant, he'll pivot, he'll pivot, he'll pivot away. Kids just stand there and hold the ball in front of the defense. So it's not really on the referee 100% of the time. Most times kids are just like, oh, you're going to put it right here? 
I'm gonna grab and get a turnover. Right. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's, it, it's 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 it falls between referees. A lot of it, I would say, I'm 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 gonna be honest. A lot of it, in licensing from what I've seen, going to all these high school, elementary, middle school games, it's coaches. Yeah. It's coaches, but at the same time, from a lot like just gen, like dealing with this myself in Lexington, there's so many gyms, but you can't get into them. Like I talked to some high school coaches, they're like, I can't even get into my own high school gym. For basketball, and I'm I'm like, hold on, wait, what? This is Kentucky where basketball is king. Who's in the gym? No offense to them, but cheer, archery, the dance team. Wait, hold on, wait, time out. What? <laughs> if I go, that's one thing I really don't understand. Because yeah. Kentucky where basketball is king. Yep. I'm from Oklahoma, close to football. Most of the football coaches in Texas, they don't, they're not teachers. They get paid six figures to coach the basketball team yeah. and focus strictly on the basketball team. So, uh, Kentucky, we got to step it up. Yeah. We, I'm not saying we have to get to that level, but it, like, if, I mean, if we if, start paying six figures, I might be on the coach. No, but know? listen, if you if you <laughs> do the entertainment part of high school basketball right, yeah. let the players dunk in warm ups. That's what we want to see. Why are you? Why are we penalizing people for right. dunking? Let them dunk in warm ups. That's what we want to see. Bring music. I went to a high school game. They didn't have popcorn. I said, why? What and what sporting event do I not have popcorn? Hey, you're, you're touching I, Adam's soul right there. I, Adam, I'm a popcorn like, guy. I went to last year. I went to Lafayette versus Tate's Creek. They didn't have cheerleaders there. The students weren't into it. I've been to many games where the bleachers aren't pulled all the way out. They're not selling out games. Some of the top teams in the state aren't selling out games. Yep. If you really put the entertainment value into Kentucky, if you put like time into it, you would get more kids that want to funnel here. Yeah. And then what do we get? Some of the top talent from Kentucky, they're just going to go right over to UK. Yep. They're going to flow because they're comfortable here and they know it well. Kentucky has to put a lot more money into basketball here because the fact that I can't get a gym. Like today I was I caught three different people trying to get gym space and volleyball beats me out every time. Every single time. So I mean it, it it's it's tough right now because like everything that I'm doing, it's like I have to keep figure like reinventing the wheel and all these things that the, the people that, that I work with were like, well, how do we get this done? It didn't, we didn't think it'd be this t- difficult to get gyms to, yeah. to matter of fact, if y'all can find me a gym to, to work kids out and train kids out for our AAU team to practice in, please. And thank you. Seriously. Well, you know, so we need one of them complexes like that. They, you know, uh, I know Rusty said they're going no. to uh, the nationals tournaments at that, that Rocky thing, whatever. We need a complex. The city of, matter of fact, the city of Nicholasville should get together and build a complex. The city of Lexington needs to get together and build a complex yeah. because you can still do volleyball. And one of my favorite, one of my new favorite obsessions, pickleball. Okay. You can do pickleball in the mornings. Okay. You can do pickleball in the morning, right. but I, there's there's a desperate need for gyms. We need a major complex here because the basketball I mean, is a. If you got all, that, you right. can you can bring teams in from all over the country. No, no, no. You can bring teams in from all over the world. Yeah. I have connections to where I could bring a, a youth team from Japan. I could bring a youth team from China. I could bring a youth team from um from from. Actually, most of the countries in Asia, because yeah. they want to come over and play in America. Yeah, a lot of the there's a lot of Chinese teams that that work out in California, that train in California. You could have an international if you build something like that. You could have an international tournament here. I just like I I, I just there's the the possibilities are endless to be right. honest with you. Right. They really are. But and the then, thing is, around here, there's nowhere. There's uh, what's it called hoops in hoop Louisville or what the the. Basketball complex in Louisville's got like six or eight courts. Right. 
Right. But well, I mean, other there, than that, that's, that's the is, only place yeah, I've there, there's airport. not much. There's not. I mean, and the demand is there. That's why I, I really don't get. I don't know. It's just going to take time. It will. It's just going to take time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming in and spending time with us. That we could talk for hours. No, I right? understood. So. And 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 I, you know, we've made that connection now, right? Yes, so sir. you know, then you know, maybe we can get you to come over to Mount Sterling the next time and. Uh, it's, not too far. it's only thirty minutes. No, it's really it's not because I was in Mount Sterling last week and we played a little yeah. tournament there yeah. in the. Correct me if I'm saying it wrong. Dubois Community Center. Du Bois. Du yeah. Bois Community. Yeah. Everything y'all say here in Kentucky just throws it, me it, off. It's okay. For <laughs> sales. Listen. Lebanon. I can't get hey, used I'm to this. Hey, I'm from Lebanon. No, you're from Lebanon in my No, heart. no, no, no. I'm Lebanon. L-E-B-N-I-N. Okay. Lebanon. Lebanon. <laughs> I haven't seen that spelling. <laughs> no, that's that's how it's spelled up here. Honestly, there's no I. It's just two ends. Lebanon. You just go straight into it. Well, listen. If Next time, if you come, if you come to Mount Sterling, we will treat you to our delicacy there, Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken. <laughs> I've already been there. I, I'm pretty sure I've been to the exact one you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, yeah. did you have to wait two hours? I I had to wait about an hour. <laughs> then you were there. Yeah, 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 you were there. You were there. I had to wait about <laughs> an hour. Actually, no, the, the place that we went to was pretty good. It was Big City Pizza. Okay. As yep. soon as we yep. were done with our tournament, it was like two minutes away yep. from the yep. – Yeah, that's, that's new. And yeah. We've only had that just a little bit. Yeah, no, they so. know what they're doing in there. I like that. Yeah. I like Big that. Big City is good. Yeah, it was good, really good. Well, again, we appreciate you coming in tonight and meeting with us. It was a fun talk. No, we I learned we learned a lot, you. right? Thank and you. Uh, for sure. And uh, I'm I'm glad that you're here, Absolutely. giving back to to the community and to the state. You Thank know, you. I appreciate and uh, very, you know, keep very fortunate. Keep uh, Evan shooting those thousand uh, three pointers you. a day, right? We have no choice but to. And honestly, <laughs> I, I felt like it was my the the University of Kentucky has done so much for me, but I feel like it was my duty to come back here yeah. and give so much because the. I used to, the, and I tell, I, I'm, I should, I, if there was, if we did have that connection, the former players with the younger players, I would tell them, hey, walk back from Rupp to the lodge one day. Because yeah. that's when I got the greatest experience, the most phenomenal, most genuine uh, experiences with the fans. Just the, the walk back after a game. Some, most games I would drive, and I was only one of the ones, I was one of the only ones with the car, so I would have John, uh, DeMarcus, Eric, uh, whoever in the car with me, but sometimes I just ride while with Pat or ride with Ramon, and then be like, "No, I'm just gonna walk back," just to have that experience right. with the fans and talk to them. Because yeah. once you figure out who you're fighting for, that gives you a a a a, a greater sense of this is way bigger than me. Right? People are they genuinely one? They genuinely love you. I had so many so many um. Older woman say, "Hey, I'm your grandmother, and you don't even know it. I love you. You're my grandson. You don't." And they're gen like they yeah. really they believe. No, they yeah. would invite you over for dinner, yeah. for sure. And so when you really get into the death of it and meet the Kentucky fans and get super involved, you're like, "No, this gives me a greater purpose. I want to go hard. I want to fight as hard as I can." Right. You you truly understand. And one of the greatest things for me was I had John Hood as a roommate, so I got the full understanding because we'd have many conversations, um, just getting an understanding of what it means to be. Uh, from Kentucky playing for UK. Yep. And I was like, dude, this is like, I understand it's a dream come true for you. It's a dream for me. Right. So to be from here, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you, you got, uh, you know, Reed Shepard, you know, playing that role now. And then uh, the, uh, He's playing who's the kid role. from Lyon County coming Travis next Perry. Travis Perry coming next year. Right. You know, I really hope that Reed stays because I'd love to see those two on the floor together. So. Good luck. Yeah. He's a lottery pick right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's out of here. Yeah. I tell everybody, Reed, in my personal opinion, is Chris Paul, but he can shoot a little bit better. Yeah. So, Reed's gone. Yeah. I hate to yeah. say it. 
Yeah, I, I trust me. I wish he and Rob would stay. Oh, and I love Rob. Oh, he, he's he's a firecracker. I tell man. everybody, Rob is a generational talent. The things that he can do are he's one of a kind. Yeah, like the the duel between Rob and Reed. Kentucky fans need to cherish every moment from here until the end of the season because that's something special that I don't know if we'll ever see it again. I really don't. And we've had a lot of great guard duos, but they're definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah, the thing sure. that gets me with Reed Shepard is he would rather come off the bench. Right. If you want to start, you go ahead and start. I'm going to get my minutes. No, he's anyways. just he's a winner. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, and I, whenever you need me to come in and change the game and do what I need to do to, to win, I'm going to do it. Don't need the points. Don't care about the stat sheet. I just want to win. Yep. 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 I just want to win. One of the greatest quotes my daddy always came up with, a winner will do it, a loser won't. A winner will, after the game, get extra work in. Go, 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 get extra shots up. A loser will be satisfied with the win and go home and go to sleep. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he's that. The mama he's, mentality, he's, he's the that mama mentality is yeah. different. It's six a.m. workouts. That's what I tell everybody. I've had kids, like I said, I've had kids show up one, two workouts. Oh, I can't make it. Oh, I understood. This isn't for everybody. Right. Just don't tell me you want to be a Division One basketball player. Right. Good yeah. luck to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's the truth. Yep. That's the truth. That is the truth. So. Well, guys, another great episode on the uh, Coach Did we want to name our athlete of the week? Nobody ever told me who it was. I told you on the way here. Okay, you name it then. So our Kim Soft Athlete of the Week racking up her second triple-double of the season. Last week was our 2-2 uh, Dog of the Week. This week, Savannah Jarvis, our Kim Soft Athlete of the Week. Huh. She's killing it right now. Two triple-double. Yep. Yeah, back-to-back -back huh. games. First ever in Montgomery County history to do it, and she's done it two games in a row. Huh. So, well, I guess technically they, she didn't last night, so the two previous games, yeah, but right. still, right. she's killing it. So, well, congratulations, Savannah, uh, two-time winner of the Athlete of the uh, Week this year. And, uh, you know, guys, another great episode. Daniel, thanks again for, for coming and seeing us. Uh, thanks to Kellwell Commissary and Simply Secure for supporting us on our road show set up here. And, guys, catch you next week. Stay safe, friends. The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.